Coming up on Philosophy Talk. There is more material? Well, there's a lot more, but we want to be paid first. You are not ideological. What is ideology? I don't think so. Look, I have a date, so... <laughs> Liberalism, conservatism, Marxism, anarchism. If ideology is the air we breathe, how can we come to notice it? The name of this trash can is ideology. The material force of ideology makes me not see what I'm effectively eating. Would the world be a better place with less ideology? One of the most ideological things that you can do is to say that you're being non-ideological. Our guest is Marius Ostrovsky from the European University Institute in Florence. Discredited and corrupt ideologies do not interest me. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. On Thursday, May 19th, come be part of a live taping of Philosophy Talk on the Stanford campus. We'll be thinking about the changing face of anti-Semitism with historian Francesca Trivellato. This event is free and open to the public. Everybody welcome. More information at philosophytalk.org. That's Thursday, May 19th at 7 p.m. in Leventhal Hall at the Stanford Humanities Center. We can't wait to see you there. Are ideologies always wrong? Can you subscribe to one without even knowing it? Could we imagine a world without ideology? Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Josh Landing. And I'm Ray Briggs. We're coming to you via the studios of KALW San Francisco Bay Area. Continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus, where Ray teaches philosophy and I direct the Philosophy and Literature Initiative. Today we're asking, what is ideology? Well, that's easy, Ray. I mean, it's a false system of beliefs that's uh, opposed to reason, you know, like fascism or, or Scientology. Wait, you shouldn't tar all ideologies with the same brush. I mean, what about liberal democracy? That's the belief that everybody deserves the same freedom and a say in their government and the protection of the law. What's wrong with that ideology? Well, there's nothing wrong with that, but, it, but it's not an ideology. It's just the truth. Well, look, believing in liberal democracy isn't like believing in gravity. It's all fine and good to say physical facts are true, but values aren't like that. You and I value liberal democracy, sure, but that doesn't make it objectively true. Well, hang on. A, a moment ago, you were agreeing that fascism is wrong. Oh, yeah. Wrong and false. But you just said ideologies can't be true or false. So how can fascism be false, according to you? Well, I only said ideologies can't be true. But they can be false because they can, you know, build in false assumptions. Fascists think that all problems are caused by foreigners, and that's just objectively false. Okay, so let me see if I understand you. You're saying that ideologies can have false assumptions, but even if all the assumptions are correct, the ideology is still just a belief. That's right. Okay, so that seems fair enough. But, but still, do, do we need a way to distinguish between bad ideologies like fascism, and, and good ideologies like liberal democracy? Well, sure. One is dangerous and harmful. You know, the other is beneficial for all of society. So wait, are you saying it's true that liberal democracy is good for society? Hey, it sounds like you think I'm contradicting myself. Yeah, it definitely does sound that way. I mean, look, you said ideologies are never true. So, so how can you say it's true that liberal democracy is a good thing? Isn't that just your ideology talking? Well, yeah, but that's okay. You can never get totally outside any ideology. 
it's the thing you use to understand the world. Without an ideology, you couldn't even think. Well, that's a bit depressing. I don't want people to be wandering around trapped inside their ideologies, unable to see what's really happening in the world. Wouldn't we all be better off if we could ditch our distortions and get straight to grips with reality? But ideology isn't a distortion. It's a framework. It helps you understand how all the little pieces fit together. Well, I'm a big fan of frameworks, just not ideological ones. Look at all the damage that's being done in the name of ideology these days. Everyone getting all their information from social media, lobbing hand grenades at each other from within their ideological bubbles, tearing the country apart. Yeah, yeah, I agree that those are huge problems. But guess what? The only way to solve them is a better ideology. I knew you were going to say that. Because it's true. There's no escape from ideology. And you can't do without it if you want to understand the problems we're all witnessing, like, like political partisanship or racism or climate change. If you don't have a theory, you're never going to have a solution. Well, I don't know if that's true, but I bet our guest does. Yeah, it's Marius Ostrovsky, author of a new book called simply Ideology. We'll talk to him in a moment, but in the meantime, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Sarah Lye Sterland, to ask people what living in a different country made them realize about the ideology of their country of origin. She files this report. So one thing is the fact that um, here is common to talk about money, about personal finance, while in Italy is absolutely a taboo. Pancrazio Alteri is an Italian who has lived in the United States for more than a decade. Over time, he noticed that a big cultural difference between Americans and Italians is the way we approach finances. Nobody talks about personal income and nobody asks about it. It's considered uh, a, a big invasion of privacy, uh, while in America it's normal to uh, talk about finance, about personal investments, how to uh, ensure income in retirement. In Italy, it's not really talked about, but that's because the government assumes more responsibility than individuals. And families take care of each other throughout life, so that grandparents paying for the kindergarten or for buying the first house for young couples. And, uh, and, and it's enabled, I think, how the families stay together. So in America, it's very common to talk to people that left home uh, when they were 20 or 19 going to college and never go back home. In Italy, the families, they keep in touch very often. Uh, the families are, are very connected. While in America, there is the student loan that really starts that financial madness in the wrongest way possible. <laughs> Don't start with a debt. But why do Italians and Americans approach finances so differently in the first place? Could it be a difference between the American ethos of individualism and a European focus on community? Michelle Bene is a neighbor of mine in Los Gatos, California. She recalls being in Germany and feeling that it would be socially unacceptable to stick to an American habit. I remember there being no traffic on the roads, but people were standing waiting to cross the road. They wouldn't cross unless there was a traffic sign that told them they could cross. And I thought as an American, 
It was the most bizarre thing. We had to stand and wait while there were no cars until the light turned that we would cross the street. In Germany, the culture is to not really question authority. In America, we question authority. We express our emotions and our beliefs a lot more readily. For Miriam Scoble, it was a move to San Jose, California, from her native Iran in the 1980s, that upended everything she took for granted in her universe. My ideology changed in so many ways. One of which that I can exemplify was the way I thought about everyone from Iraq. I, I hated the Iraqis; they were bombing us. Uh, I lost cousins um, in war. Um, my best friend's brother, 16-year-old brother, never came back. Um, I always thought that if I ever meet someone from Iraq, that I'd want to kill them, that I just, you know, because they had taken away so much. And so when I came to the States, obviously those feelings were really strong. Uh, I was in high school. And one of my teachers um, said to me, oh, there, there are two sisters that just joined our high school and they're from Iraq. And since you're from the similar part of the uh, word, I, I thought you should meet. And at first I was like, oh, I don't want to meet these people. Like I was just so upset. And then I got to meet them and they were super sweet. And we had so many similarities that we had differences. They of course had lost family and friends to the war. And I think if I'd grown up in Iran, I would have been a lot more conservative, a lot more closed-minded and uh, would have kept a lot of resentment towards, uh, and a lot of biases towards an array of people based on what I was being taught in school, based on what I was experiencing every day and based on what the media was telling me. But travel, being out, getting outside of your comfort zone, having different experiences definitely opens your mind. So perhaps the next time you disagree with someone, Try to understand how they formed their ideology in the first place. Because after all, it's only when we can see these assumptions that we can change them. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Sarah Lye Sterland. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.